Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're live. Uh, Patrick's podcast. I know this is the day Arsenal fans have been waiting for the El Twitter call. But <laughs> uh, before I go and introduce the guest, let me start first of all. If you're watching this anywhere, like, share, subscribe uh, on YouTube, Footy Fantasy. You see it in the description. Um, we also have an audio podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple. Do all of that. Share on social media. Um, today, uh, first, we're streaming back for the second time this season. Thanks yep, think so, think so. Thanks Thanks for having me. Um, you can see he's on, on the beach having fun. excited to join us. Some of, that, some of our teams are on the beach too, but, you know, I, I won't go into that yet. <laughs> uh, Ray, thanks for joining yeah. us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got two Arsenal fans. Uh, I got Kwame, I know. Yeah, it's like we step into the lion's den. Yeah, we are. We are. In, we are in the lion's den right now. So we just we just diving. You know, yesterday Arsenal Manchester United. If you're if you're under a rock, of course. Let me just it ended three one to uh, Arsenal. Uh, I think I'll let uh, Ray start. Uh, thoughts about the game. Let's start. Mm. What are the main talking points about the game from your perspective? All right. Okay. I'll start like kind of like my myself going into the game. Um, initially, you know, after after the Chelsea game, my my approach towards the United game was was a little different uh, in the sense that I, I was I was cautiously optimistic. In my mind, was like we should beat Manchester United. Like you guys are a mess. We kind of got back into that that good victory against Chelsea. So I'm thinking logically we should beat Man United. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like we always have this thing where. We struggle against Manchester United, even when we or to get the results. Like we, I'll play you guys so over the years. So I was kind of carrying that cautious optimism into the game. But like logically, I was like, based on where we are, we should be United. Um. So you know, as the game progressed, you know, you know, the, you know, the the form and the players, you know, just be being able to just like take take the game to you guys. And of course, I like Elneny coming in uh, to show up that midfield a little bit. He had, he had a pretty good game actually. And um, so going to that game, you know, I, when we scored, I wasn't surprised. But then again, when United, uh, when Ronaldo scored that goal, then those kind of nerves started to come back again. I'm like, oh, here we go again. We've dominated this half against United. Ronaldo gets a goal. And I was a bit worried that that was going to sort of get into the players and end up in some sort of 2-2 draw or something, which would annoy the crap out of me. Um, but, you know, the second half, as we've gone to the second half, and, you know, it was it was a back-and-forth game, obviously, but we just moved the ball better in transition um, than, than, than you guys. And so that kind of game actually suits us better. And, you know, uh, not even not without, without having Partey in the team and all that. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm really happy for Xhaka actually when he scored that goal. It was like I remember it was like it was like yo Xhaka just shoot like that's like what we know Xhaka from when we signed Xhaka. Like I remember that and that's he, he has, has that one one per season. He has scored his goals against Manchester yep. United. Oh well, there you go. It's a perfect right. start right there. So obviously he's got he's got De Gea's number. So I'm really happy for De Gea and got that goal and um you know sorry got for happy for Jaka again that goal and honestly like we were the better team let's be honest. So I'm glad like the logic and what I thought should have transpired is what transpired. And so yeah I'll leave it at that. We'll get into other details later. But uh, yeah I'm I'm glad that we should have beat you and we did what we were supposed to do in my opinion. Yeah. Okay okay Stephen uh, what are your thoughts about the game? Yeah, no, no, very similar. It's one of those that um, you kind of expect to, to get a result, but you know that United are capable of just turning up and beating Arsenal regardless of form. Um, so, so the game, again, the open game suit Arsenal. So like, like Ray said, we're really good in transition with the younger players, really a lot of speed, a um, lot of really tricky players on the ball. Um, so that suits us and United had to win the game. So... I knew that United weren't going to come and park the bus or set up and try and hit us on the break, which they've done a lot in some of the most recent games. Um, so the game suited us. I think the game was pretty open. Um, it could have gone anyway, to be honest, because of the quality United haven't as well. So they were still in the game. Um, so the game wasn't a 3-1, I wouldn't say. But again, just the, the extra little bit of confidence and speed, I think, on the ball for Arsenal. And, and bit, Arsenal being more of a team than, than United, I think, is what got them through in the end. Um, but yeah, no, just good result and uh, yeah, good performance in the last two, considering what's happened a couple of weeks before. Okay, so one of the Arsenal fans already come for me. AY, smile, small man. <laughs> Please, <laughs> <laughs> Yomi Benson says, I disagree. Arsenal were the better side. Hmm, interesting, okay. 
those so dodgy, those dodgy calls though. Uh, let's go talk about that. Because, yeah, the game was open, right? So like I said, the game was really open. I think Arsenal, Arsenal were the better team, and they yeah. were just more dynamic and had a lot more pace. Like I said, so they were able to take advantage of situations better than United because United are depending on something happening from Bruno or something happening from Ronaldo or Arsenal are building attacks. Like even if you look at that second goal, right? Like. That that the back to front and everything that happened. Like Arsenal, a better team. That, that I think that's what that showed the game. Um, United can complain about a couple of things in the game for sure, but I just think Arsenal were a better team in terms of just organization and what they do. Yeah. So the one I want to address for sure is the the penalty. That that one on Sancho and I think Cedric. Come on now, that was a stonewall penalty, and I know it was Arsenal. Now we start seeing compilations on the timeline of how like. Um, whatever referee did this in 2016, this is a pattern. There's a conspiracy theory, you know. That's what they've been doing all season, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, no sympathy at all. <laughs> is there no sympathy None. at all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's take some more comments. Uh, Yomi says, of course, soccer is a two-headed sword. Yeah. Fair enough. Weren't. Uh, Oga Kwame. What? Um. Yeah. Well. So let 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 me talk about the dodgy calls. Um, remember when we beat them 3-2, uh, was it when Carrick was uh, at taking over the team? Um, there was a really dodgy call in favor of Manchester United then. I believe it was, I think it was a Maguire foul on somebody in the box. I forgot who. So, I mean, I, I, have, I have complaints from, uh, from yesterday's game. There were that. I think um, this, the penalty you talked about, that was a stonewall penalty. Uh, the goal Ronaldo scored, uh, Ronaldo scored that, you know, his second goal that got disallowed, bruh, you know, the, that VAR angle, angle was dodgy as, so anyway, but again, that's not why we lost the game. Um, that's not why we lost the game. I think Arsenal, coming into that game, well, I, I expected to lose, um, having seen how we played against Liverpool, um, in that, that Liverpool game, I only watched the first half of it, and that was enough for me because I did not want to witness another 5-0. So I turned off the TV at halftime, and uh, going into Arsenal, I thought we were going to play the same way we played against Liverpool. The only, th- the only thing I expected was that, well, Arsenal are not so great either, so maybe we can look, you know, decent, half-decent against Arsenal. And the game started, um, and look, Arsenal were all over us like a freaking rash. Like they were all over us. Like and they knew it's like it's like they knew how to play against United. Yeah. I feel like every team knows how to play against United. Just just ignore the flanks, play through the middle because we are weak in the middle. Uh they were passing through us like we were not there. We like the the ease with which El Nani and uh what's that young boy with the with the short socks? Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe. Like the ease with which they just penetrated, like, bro, they got us pregnant like four times yesterday. Like they must have, they, they were just going in, like no lube, no nothing. So it was, it was, it was, it was a terrible game of football. But then, just like I expected, because again, Arsenal does not play football with the same. They do not, and you know, they did not play with the same firepower with which Liverpool plays football, right? So there were times where they gave us like a, a little look in and they made us look like a half decent team. And we had like maybe a couple of chances. Again, you know, we had that Ronaldo go. But um, the thing with United is, you know, not, not only are we bad, right? Whenever somebody gives us a gift, we're like, nah, I'm good. You know, uh, Bruno Fernandez misses that penalty and I knew it was over. Like as soon as it stepped up, as soon as he stepped up, I knew he was gonna miss because he 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 he'd had a stinker the entire game. Not sure why. Not sure why uh, he took the penalty. Not sure why the team let him take it. Maybe because he's had he had had a really really bad game up until then, and they wanted to build some kind of confidence. But bro, in in, in yeah, but team. in games like this, I don't care about the individual. F the individual, we need a goal. Like at that time, it was two one. Right, and as we equalized two two, only God knows what would have happened. So, uh, but you know what? Big up to Arsenal. Big up to Arsenal. They're still not gonna make top four, but big up to them for winning that game yesterday. That, that, well, I, I, I have to, I have to put my hand up. They got that. 
Your miss is right. They're definitely a better team. I agree. But on the night, United were ahead for the most part. Okay. I don't know, I, okay. I don't okay. know that. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yes, I said payback for 2005. Oh my Please. god. <laughs> Hold your L with pride. You see, we 2005. Ayo, you see, they go back, they go back to 1982. In my opinion, mm. I don't think we're a better team. I think we had periods like I think after that um first goal till like when Bruno lost the penalty. I think we there was a time we we're like kind of on top of them. But yeah. overall, I think Arsenal like played better for sure. They played better than us. Um, yeah. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez pretty much lost that game for us, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> because first of all, he missed this, that chance. Yeah. Where, uh, was it was your keeper passed to him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramsdale passed to him. It's open goal, just chip him. He missed. No, no, it. no. It, it wasn't even a pass. It was a it was a pass that uh, McTominay inter- intercepted right, and then yes, gave yes. it gave it to Bruno on a play. So that's one. He missed a penalty. Apparently, in the press conference, Ragnick said Ronaldo said he was tired. It was that, that's that's what Ragnick said in the press conference. So that they talked to each other. So he decided to let him play. I don't know if that's true. Whatever. The lies that come out of this football club. I'm sick of it. Excuses, man. And the third goal. You remember the third goal? The cutback. It was mm-hmm. captain and lost the ball again. I'm like, yeah. what is this? So he yeah. lost that game for us, in my opinion. Yeah. Like it was terrible. Yeah. Um. I think my who, who who was the man of the match for that? That's the one thing I'm I've been struggling to decide in my head. There was no outstanding, maybe Shaka for the goal. It wasn't like it was outstanding. On on the Arsenal side? Yeah. Like, El Nenny ran the game. Is that who? El Nenny? I think El Nenny El Nenny was yeah. one of the match. It was one of the Easy. match. Yeah. Okay. That'll be mine too. El Nenny was one of the match. Okay. I watched the game with Pizza Party. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay. It, it was a for United, they played like they were checked out until they were down like 2-0. But, but, it, but they're not checked out. I just don't think they're a team. Like United have had two managers. They still haven't managed to figure out a system. They've got players trying to do jobs that they're not suited to do. Like United are just, they got decent individuals, but they're not great individuals either. they got one or two really top players. And the rest of the team, like, I mean, we, we, when we spoke the last time, I'm like, people like Fred and McTominay and Dal- Dallow and shouldn't be playing for Manchester United. Like, they're just not, they're not a good team. And I think that's it. Again, you're going to get spells where you, you're looking for Bruno to bail you out. You're looking for Ronaldo to bail you out. Pogba, but the rest, nah. Like you just put, take that squad, take your starting 11 and compare it to the other six and tell me who gets in the other six. And, and Stephen, while that is true, while that is true, it's even more complicated by the fact that these players have actually down tools. I believe they I believe they have honestly put down their tools and walked away from the construction. But I'm gonna ask you a question as well though on that one. If you were in their position and the, the interim manager is walking in and saying there's 10, 11 players, we need open heart surgery. <laughs> like, so basically he's telling you you're rubbish. To yeah. your face he's telling you you're rubbish. And he's telling yeah. you that you're not going to be there next season regardless mm-hmm. of what happens right he's but, telling but, them like, but still, he, the he's telling was, them they're not going to be there but but the thing but thing is they're like they're them walking away preceded him saying all these things like no, at the beginning I, united no united united were basically the favorites for the top four up until bruh, what two bruh, months ago that is true that 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 is true but true united fans knew that was bs no, but what I'm saying to you is if you no, again, if he comes in as the interim manager, yeah. his one job is to steady the ship and steer the players. If you think someone's rubbish, you can say the person's rubbish behind closed doors to upstairs. Right. But you don't go in a press conference and tell like fifteen of these guys shouldn't be at this football club, blah blah blah, after one or two defeats. Like what that does, especially when the players are out of contract anyway. They're not playing for you. They're not. Good. Why should I play for you? You're telling me I'm not going to be here regardless of if we get top four or not. Yep, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But I think there's some mm. context. Please. Let me add some context, right? You know, remember he came like November, right? When he came in November, he tried to implement like a press. The players didn't want to do it. They did it for like 45 minutes, and he's like, "Oh, they can't do it." He talks to the board <laughs> that he wants two midfielders. If you remember that, they wanted yeah. Zakaria and um, Haidara. 
Zakaria was five million. The board were like, oh no, they want to let the the full time manager sign players. Okay, and okay, that's dumb. <laughs> you bring somebody in October. There's a like, oh, I think it's time December, December. There's a lot of season left. You say it's interim. You still want top four, but then you don't buy a midfielder. That's one of the dumbest things ever I've heard. And then they don't buy a midfielder. Of course, like we had some good games, some bad games, fluctuating. But we start getting some injuries, like Pogba. Decided straight away, problems started happening. And at that, at that point, he realized that you know everything they promised him, pretty much he's coming like a side man. He said, "Okay, I'm a side man. I'm going to burn to the ground." That's the thing we did. But, yeah, yeah, but 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 okay. but you just raised the same point, right? Like the, the point is a great one. So he wanted to sign a player. When they brought Ralph in, they said he was the he was going to be an advisor. He was going to be a director of football, which means he was supposed to have the power Correct. to determine the direction of the club. So what happened to that inside of two months? Inside of two months, you said that the guy was coming in with that power, where the players would have had to kind of seed some respect, some kind of. And then you said, no, 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 he's not advising on the, the appointment. He's not making decisions behind the scenes in terms of recruitment. I have so, the same conversation yep. in WhatsApp group. Jolak in Kwame I was having this conversation two hours ago. Like it doesn't make sense to judge a manager when the people that brought him did not give him any power and they made it public that yeah. he doesn't have a power. Are you expecting yeah. it? it? Doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Like that's why I'm not blaming Ralph. Ralph has been disappointing tactically, yeah. organization. Yeah. I agree. But the people that hired him are very dumb and stupid. The way they went their approach. Very, very the United stupid. Board lied to the fans. Literally, that's what happened. They yeah. came, they said director of football, and all of a sudden they changed midway to this BS. So that's why so I, mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I have a question going on. So now, not that I care, but just for the sake of the conversation, <laughs> Ragnick, is he so you now you fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So what's the role? Is he going up? Stairs now that you've you hired a new coach, or are they, are they firing him? What what is the? No. I don't know. I I, th I think we don't we don't know whether he's going up or down. We just know he's moonwalking and moonwalking. No, where? No, he's he's, he's, he's walking and moonwalking. We don't know where he's going. No, they they said he's no because they're giving him a contract, right? So he's got yeah. the contract. Correct. So they're not going to go back on that, and it's an advisory role. Yep. So he's going to be working for them what on hours per week or some stupid thing. Yeah, like that. So the guy. It's stupid. Like so, so basically, he's just is another person on the wage bill pay, being paid just to be paid, basically, because he right. got no power. Right. Yeah. Let me get some comments before before we go. There are a lot of comments flying in. Uh, you missed anything? The little tactical nuance with Man United. I agree. Oh, of course. Even Norwich almost did it. Yep. <laughs> now nah, there was a block for Bruno Short. Stop lying, Joe. All right. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, I would have given Saka or Odegaard man of the match. Elneny was good too. Man, okay, fair enough. Hola, that's hola. How about so United was still the challenge for the title? Those are, that's people that were dumb. By non-United fans. Yeah, I was going to be telling telling that that's not going to happen, but yeah. yeah. Sure. Gary Brother Neville. Let's, let's, not, let's not forget time, eh? Gary Neville and most of the, the pundits on TV, like, I mean, Ferdinand nope. was twerking for fun. For months. <laughs> no, those, those guys, Stephen, those guys live way outside the, the realms of reality. Like I remember. Nobody, nobody agrees with those guys. They're just they're just dumbasses with microphones. That's all. Brought the fireman to Bonnie Gooding and didn't give him a drop of water. Fair, fair enough. People ask him to focus on coaching, it's like telling him to blow out the flames. <laughs> you know? I don't understand people like I have had this conscious on my WhatsApp about going crazy in my head. But I'm learning not to like block again on top United. Like I was going crazy in my head. Like, this doesn't make sense, but whatever. It's easy to blame the manager. We forgot that after only signed the contract, this team has been playing like this. When you have like Bruno and Rashford specials, I've been bailing them out. Uh, yeah, right. cracks. You never been... for cracks. Yeah, we just in that luckily forwards were in form mm -hmm. last, and we look so good. No, mm -hmm. I caught so many strays for saying this thing. Oga Kwame caught so much strays. Oh yeah, I remember this. I got from United fans about this that I'm a whole Ole hater. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gave me the best moments as United fan when I was a teenager. And fan almost caught my hand. He said, "I'm an Ole hater." What? You guys don't even know anything. Like, just get out of here. But whatever. Let's move on. Next topic. Uh, okay. Arsenal topic. So I, I'll start with Ray. Let me let me frame let me frame the context very well. So, I think beginning of the season, I think top six. If I remember correctly, if I'm wrong. 
was said that is the target for Arsenal. That will be looked at as progress. Maybe, to, maybe not success, but progress. But based on the opportunity that has presented itself, <coughs> United fumbling the bag, Spurs fumbling the bag, both, both teams are fired managers, you know. Leicester was Bernard Rogers doing Bernard Rogers, you know, thing, as always. So the opportunity is now there. You guys are like, pretty much you guys are in pole position. As of today, as of this hour, Arsenal is fourth. If yeah. Arsenal, for some reason, doesn't finish fourth, based on how the situation has changed, you still count that as success. Let's start Ray. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, I think um, good context that you mentioned earlier was like for me at least um, getting back, getting at least Europa League was the big at the beginning of the season before we kicked the ball. That was like okay, if we don't get Europa League, to me it's a failure because that'll be like three years in a row of eighth, seventh place spot. Um, then of course we had the first couple of games just looking a little dodgy. We picked it up then, so now we've kind of gotten ourselves in a situation where I think we're actually way ahead of schedule. And if I actually like step back and take my emotions out of the game, because I get very emotional doing the games, I chat rubbish. I'm sure Stephen can attest to that sometimes. And uh, but logically, I'm like, okay, we're way ahead of schedule. Um, I think right now we we I think top four is still it's still a, it's still a battle. Yes, technically we're it's a pole position, but it's still a battle at the end of the day because we still have a pretty tough run in compared. Well, I say similar to Tottenham because United are out of it now. If we don't get Champions League, it would be unfortunate because I feel like we got ourselves ahead of schedule. And I feel like in the January window, there's two positions that we should have gotten, um, a striker and a midfielder. And I understand there's reasons they didn't do that that I might not have agreed with. Just to like get that extra bit of umph to give us that. Because we right now we're a young squad. We're a very thin squad. So we're definitely doing way ahead of schedule now. Um, and, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to come up with excuses. I'm just thinking. So if we don't make Champions League right now, it would be unfortunate, and I'll feel like we kind of shot ourselves in the foot in January because, as you saw, you know, the couple of games before Chelsea, you know, a, a little bit of squad depth would have given us a couple more points than we had those three games. Um, but I would say if we don't make Champions League, it would be disappointing because it would mean we had a bad, we just couldn't finish the job. Um, I wouldn't think it would be a failure if we don't make Europa, which I don't mathematically, I don't know right now where we're at, but that would be an absolute disaster if we don't make Europa at this point, which I'm not even putting that in the in my frame of reference at this point, but that's kind of how it would be disappointing, but I wouldn't think it would be a failure because I like, was so close. It's like, oh, all we had to do is, and it was looking dodgy before the Chelsea United game, but right now, that that, that would be my take on it. Okay, good. Steve, what are your thoughts? No, I, uh, I would agree, but it, just in a different way. That I don't think we're ahead of schedule. I think we're right on schedule. I just think the teams around us have regressed, and that's allowed us the opportunity to get fourth. So I don't think we're ahead of schedule. I think we're right where we're supposed to be because, again, at this phase, I think we should be challenging for Europa, like you said. So I think the fact that we've got a similar amount of points that we had last year, I think we're actually at the level. We're level on points pretty much in just what we ended last season on. Okay. So there's been a little bit of progress there, considering we've got like four, five games, five games, six games left. So I, I think we're right where we're supposed to be. I just think the fact that Leicester have fumbled away, I think the fact that United have fumbled away means that now Europa, all of these teams are now in the Europa places rather than having a couple that were maybe just below Chelsea, Liverpool and City, right? So I think they've come closer to us all in terms of battling Europa type places, but I don't think we're ahead of schedule. And in terms of the January... Um, again, we went back and forth. Like, if they could have done the business and it was the type of business they were allegedly trying to do. So, if they were to go and get a Vlaovic, if they were to go and get um, a, a top midfielder, Bruno would have been a good midfielder. I don't know why we didn't pull the trigger on that one before he went to Newcastle. But um, I think those were the deals they were looking to do. But if they get through wherever they get through, again, Europa League, Champions League. Champions League would be a bonus, a massive bonus because of what it would allow them to do. But even with Europa League, I don't think it changes the transfer policy that they have. Um, so I think everybody's getting a bit excited saying, oh, if we get Champions League, it means we can go and buy X, Y and Z players. I don't think they're going to change their transfer policy because of Champions League. Because the reality is City and Liverpool are City and Liverpool. And then after them, you got Chelsea. So if you're going to spend three, four hundred million and you're not going to close the gap, on those two teams and then Chelsea even before you get to them they're not going to just go and do that so I don't think their transfer policy is going to change I think they're going to have 
some people in mind that they want to get. And I think they know exactly who those people are. And I think they're going to go for them again in the summer and progress that way. And I, I feel better with the way Arsenal are going in that route than trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like, trying to chase Sancho's and, like, names. And, like, that, that's where United are in the place that United are in. I, I just... I think Arsenal can't afford to do that. They've got to stay with what they're doing. They've got really good young players. They need a couple of experienced players in certain positions to improve the squad. And so, for example, if they bring in a young winger and they move on Pepe, that's a deal, right? Everybody's going to go, well, why they, they've spent 70... They can afford to write the, the deal off. Write it off. If you get 25 million, 20 million, you take it and you go in and, and get in a gap pro, that's an improvement. Mm-hmm. So it's just about improving the squad and trying to build and be ready for when you're closer to the Man City and the Liverpool because those teams are going to get rebuilt at mm-hmm. some phase. Yep. City are going to go faster than Liverpool. That's the fact. Like City need a striker, they're buying Haaland. That's next level. Yeah. You're not competing with that now. So yes. you've yeah. got to look three, four years out. Mm-hmm. Okay, good point. Uh, quick comment. Your missus is a new trial better success in the long term than UCL, in my opinion. I don't think it is ready for pressure yet. UCL will be slow progress, in my opinion. EUCL, is that Europa? I think that the conference, Europa Conference League. I think that's, ah, that's what I meant. Okay. <clears throat> See, I think now Arsenal fans are getting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are scheduled. I mean, as bad as United and Sports have been, this is we are still in the fourth conversation. All right. You guys came in, came in hot. We're not getting cocky. We're just talking facts, but okay. <laughs> that's not, isn't that what isn't that what I just said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is what he said. Yeah. He was responding to when um, Ray first talked. I think that's what he was doing before you talked. Hey, so opinion, it's okay. Hey, hey, talk was on the mind. Man is a bit too defeatist. All this talk of United being six years behind and giving up on top four with five games to go. There's a place for positive vibes. Fair, fair point. I suspect that's tricky. I suspect that's either tricky or Bucci. One of the two. But that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I got quite a saying on conversation. Oh, yeah. I think with Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal is in that little... And I'm trying to be a neutral here because I hate them. Uh, the Arsenal is they're, they're in that little sweet spot where... Remember when where Oli was after uh, in his like first full season mm-hmm. where people said he made progress, right? right. And um, I think there was one season where we finished second and we only finished second because Liverpool were like piss poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, I think what happened with Chelsea. Oh yeah, that was the Lampard season with Chelsea, and Spurs. You know they were doing Spurs things, and because of that, you know we we managed we managed to finish second, and we were all screaming, "Oh, progress!" Well, they were screaming, "Progress, progress!" All that stuff. I think if I think if Arsenal finishes fourth, it won't be because they played like you know their fourth position team, like a Champions League team. No, it'll be because Spurs. You know, did the Spurs United you know, are in disarray. Um, and, you know, I'm a West Ham. Brendan Rodgers doing Brendan Rodgers things. Um, so if they finish fourth, which, you know, they could, um, it won't be because they played well enough to deserve that fourth spot. It will be because everybody else flopped. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't make progress. Hold on, Steve. That doesn't mean they didn't make progress. That doesn't mean they didn't make progress. I think they've made progress. The true measure of the progress they they made, they made, will be seen next season, right? If they if they make it in Europa League and they go really far in the competition, right, or even win it, then we can measure that as then we can say that's true progress. Or next season if they if they play if they if they finish fourth and they play, you know, throughout the season like a team that actually, you know, look like uh, a real number four team, then we can say it's progress. What I like what I like that they're doing is that they're, even even though a lot of people disagree, they're they're pushing out players that look like they're they're having a huge you know there's a huge weight on the wage bill. People like uh people like Obama Young like 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 the is on the way out. Of, uh, I think I think he's on the way out. Um, Obama Young gone. Um, even though Inketia is not a I don't think I don't believe he's you know an Arsenal level striker. Uh, I mean he's he's doing the little bit he can. Odegaard, Smith Rowe, Bukayo Saka. Uh, people like El are standing up and being counted. So I think they they are doing they are doing what United is supposed to be doing, right? They're not going for the well, they shouldn't. They haven't so far, and they shouldn't uh, be going for the big name Declan Rice and Peas, you know, all that stuff. No, 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 no. Forget all of that. They're building a true team, 
And the work Ateta is doing, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think we'll, I think we'll see whether they're they've made true progress by how they perform in in Europe and in the league next season. Okay, Steven, I didn't want you have, have response to that, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't think the Europa League or performance in Europe has anything to do with progress. Like we were in the semi-final of that competition and the final of that competition and finishing seventh and eighth. I don't mm. think Europe has anything to do with it. The the, the test and the, the the proof of progress is how Arsenal do against the rest of the league. So again, you, the the table doesn't lie. So regard again, United should be better. Spurs should be better. Hundred percent agree with that. That we're taking advantage of that if we get fourth. But we're a Europa League side, to be honest, I believe, right? So if if now from this point we get Champions League for whatever reason, the the next step is to not do what United did when they finished second and assume that all is well, to your point, and go and say, oh, now we're going to go and get Sancho and Varane and whoever because the team just needs to be rounded out. The team doesn't need to be rounded out. The team needs to be progressed, right? Where that's the that's the step that we've taken, right? So this year... Getting rid of all of the players that we got rid of was the step that United should have taken when they finished second, when they were in the Champions League, when they had the opportunity to do it. But they didn't. They tried to just say, hey, we're a good team, we finished second, we're close to challenging for the title, we only need three players. Arsenal can't do that. If we get into the top four, it's just to keep doing what we've been doing. It's another two or three good, young, 24, 25-year-old players, I would say, that's progressing and improving the squad to get away from everybody that's chasing the top four it's not looking up yet like you're not looking up yet until you're, you've got separation between you and the rest like chelsea are where arsenal should be looking at next where you're in the top four and you know you're in the top four you're comfortable yeah, yeah. and, and Stephen, my point my point was my point was that if you finish top four don't be like us and think that's progress because when we finish second that was not progress and the evidence that it was not progress is what we did the next season right so People thought that was progress, but it was really not. And also but, with the whole with the whole Europa League point, my point was Europa League and how you do in the league. I'm never I'm never uh, one to measure progress like just what you do in the cup because cups anything can happen. How you play yes. in the league it matters as well because league it's 38 games, right? It's a uh, you, you have it's it's where you gather evidence. That's what I do with, with league games. I gather evidence but, but, from game one to game 38. But, but when you talk about progress, that's kind of where I'm saying. It's like up until that last little spell a couple of weeks back with the Brighton, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Arsenal have been beating everybody else in the league except the teams in the top six. Mm. That is the progress. Like they're, they're beating yeah, the yeah, team yeah. they're supposed to beat. <laughs> like that is the progress. So what let I'm saying jump, is we're going to keep... Let's, let me jump in a little bit, right, about that part. So if you remember, first half of the season, Arsenal was not playing well. Let's be serious here. Arsenal wasn't playing Brent well. <laughs> No, let, I'm not that was the first three games, game. though. Not first, the first three games, first yeah. Half of the season, Arsenal was up and down. You guys were yeah. a lot of draws. You guys were not creating anything. Let's be clear. Arsenal's creation, even the, the numbers, Arsenal's creation dropped in like, January. Arsenal were not creating chances. You were not. And I was very doubtful about Teta because that was what I was paying attention to. I was looking at the underlying numbers. Arsenal was not creating with a full team, by the way. Let's no, see. no, no. But, but, but again, this is what I'm saying about pieces, right? It's about the pieces. So the team isn't still isn't creating a ton of chances, right? But I think I was seeing somewhere that since November, Odegaard, for example, has created the most chances in the Premier League since November. And he's playing with Anketia and Lacazette. That is the problem. So you solve the striker problem, you solve your midfield problem, and you you progress again. And the fact that you've got young players like an Odegaard, a Saka, a Smithrow, a Martinelli, these guys are going to get better the more that they play. So the, 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 the aim of the game is to keep hold of the good players you have, keep developing them and improve the weaknesses because we, we aren't scoring enough. We aren't still solid at the back once we lose one or two players, right? Because, again, those are all things that those are facts. Those are facts. I'm, I'm just waiting for Bukayo Saka to leave Arsenal in the next two years. I know. <laughs> let me, let me I, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Since modern era of top four finishing, our number throws away nuance. That's why we're having all this argument. Even hundred percent. I think always agree with your point. Spiff says Arsenal have deviated from Reputation FC, while United divided, dive into it headfirst. Arsenal reaping the fruits of playing players who need to be in the starting level. At the time, not trying to shoe home. Good point. Done. Good point. I think uh, there's a 
there's a joint up thinking there with Arsenal and I guess Edu or the board, whoever is recruiting players with Arteta and Edu, and you can see it on the pitch. Uh, let's move on so that we don't spend too much time. Eric Ten Hag, uh, there was announced what a couple of days ago, just like United know how to do social media FC. After a bad result, they announced something very quickly to like make the fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was saying this right. Yeah. I knew that this was going to happen, and yeah. they announced it. I was just laughing the following morning. I like, look at these people. I asked Ten Hag. There's some backroom changes. Uh, I think head of scouts, Marcel Bout and Jim Lelo, they both left scout. Uh, United, what that means, I don't know. There were reports that came out that because I'm always saying this is good. Guy never was backing it, like, oh, those guys were not in charge of transfers or whatever. And you know, somebody asked the question, like, how they were part of the transfer committee officially. How do they have hands in like in recruitment? That doesn't make any sense, you know. So that part I don't know. So me, I'll say my quick thoughts about Ten Hag. I'm happy to get Ten Hag. Um, I understand there's an up and coming young manager who's on the rise. It's kind of the flavor of the month. Now, why I am happy versus why the board gets him might be two different reasons, right? In my personal opinion, the reason why Ten Hag was got because he has a cheaper release clause from Ajax than yeah. Pochettino. Yeah. He's the flavor of the month. Everybody has been talking a lot about him. And because the, you know his reputation is young players build to the Glazers and who make decisions like that's like, ooh, he's going to save us some money. That's why they got Ten Hag. Let's be clear. In my opinion, when I yeah. look at United Ball, I'm, I'm looking from a cynical point of view. That's why they didn't go for Poch. Poch release costs like maybe 10, 15 million and PSG are going to double down on it. Yeah. You know, so they went to Ten Hag. So that's my personal opinion. Ten Hag was like what, 1.5 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's why. And of course, there's Van der Sar there, right? Van der Sar, United ties. I, I like Ten Hag. I like the appointment. That's fine. The most critical part, in my opinion, like I've said so many times, is what's happening at both Ten Hag. Are they, are they willing to take a step back next season? Because that's what's going to happen. We're going to have to cut a lot of players. Uh, United is not bankrolled by Sugar Daddy. Nobody's going to like say, I'm going to eat the cost of Ronaldo's 400,000 transfer. Or like, that's not what's going to happen. Where I run like Liverpool, like people are taking deep. Where even worse, we take out dividends, all of that. So what's going to happen is maybe they'll bring in three, four players next season. So we're going to, have to take a step back. That's what's going to happen next season. Are they going to be willing to understand what that means? That's number one. Number two, are they going to understand? Are they going to give him full power? They keep saying, are they going to give him power? If he comes in and says, oh, you know, Maguire doesn't fit my plan and becomes a bench guy, you know, and tries to, like, incorporate him. When we have bad results, are they going to throw him under the bus? Are they going to throw Tenag under the bus? Like, those are the things that the board needs to ask themselves. Are they going to recruit his profile of players? If he says, for for CDM, I want it to be my number one target, are they going to do that? Rather than going for Declan Rice or saying they're going for Harry Kane, you know, because they know he's going to sell jerseys. Like, those, for me, those are the key parts. I like Tenag. I watch his teams. Um, I would say for sure, I'm also slightly doubtful how you can replicate, you know, because he was working the system, replicate Ajax system and recruitment and transfer it over to the Premier League. All the best coaches struggled with. When club first came, he struggled with like, you know, how physical in replicating his football. He struggled until he figured it out. Van Gaal struggled. Pep struggled for a little bit. He had way more money and way more talent. Those are the things I'm looking forward more to. So until we get a director of football, above Ten Hag, because like I said, Ralph Ragnick is a side man. They've made it obvious that this man's a side man. We don't really care about him. Until we get a director of football, I am not about obstacles as some other United fans. That's my opinion. Uh, Oga Kwame, you want to go? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with with the Ten Hag appointment, I think, well, I, I like the appointment as well. With the options that were available, I think we picked the best option. Again, like Ayo, I don't know if they picked him for the right reason. Yeah. Um, but either way, they stumbled their way to the correct answer. And, and I, I, I had to think about this a little bit. Since, uh, since 20, what, 2013, I think I've, I've not seen a true rebuild at Manchester United. We've been talking about this rebuild. I've never seen a house that's taken, what, 10 years to complete. Um, the regular house, not a freaking palace. Um, but when we hired Moyes, Moyes, Moyes even, even Moyes will admit that he was never ready for United. So, you know, that, that was a wash. 
Then Louis Van Gaal came. Van Gaal was the closest we had to rebuilding anything because he he gave he, he brought he brought in a lot a lot of young players. I remember seeing Tyler Blackhead, you know, and 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 the and the rest of them. Uh, the only problem with 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 Van Gaal was again, I feel like it was towards the tail end of his career, um, and we were still signing we were still signing crazy players then. I'm Di Maria for sixty million. Radimov Falcao, like, you know, that was, that was still, we were still making dumb signings. Then Jose came and, again, J Jose, J J nah. And then Oli, Oli never even graduated coaching school. So, so this is the opportunity we have. This, this is, for me, this is our first opportunity to do a true rebuild. And when you truly, re when you're doing a true rebuild, again, like I said, I don't. I don't want Declan Rice. I'm not. I, you don't. We don't. You don't make the glamorous hundred thousand, hundred million pound signing when you're doing a true rebuild. Like I have Rice here for. I and I went to the farmers market and bought it for like twenty five dollars. I don't need to pay hundred million, hundred million pounds for Rice. I have Rice at home. You know. I right. I I don't need. Harry, I don't. I don't want Harry Kane. I don't want Sugar Kane. I don't want any of the Canes, bro. I don't want any of that. I want. I want players who are on their first and second contracts. That's 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 what we need in this team, and that means there's gonna there's gonna be there's there's gonna we're gonna need you know I don't want to say mass exodus, but they're gonna they're gonna, there's gonna have to be some some uh, significant ex exits. Um, in terms of what happens above Ten Hag, honestly, bro, who knows? <laughs> who knows with 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 who knows with this club? The only conf the only slight bit that gives me confidence is that you know I think Ten Hag came out and spoke and he said, "Look, if I didn't, I had a list of things that I required, and if they did not, if if I didn't get those things, I would never, I would have never signed the contract." Um, he he sounds like a very detail oriented person. I hear again, I hear he reads his own contracts himself, um, and and I just I just I just hope that we give him the tools to do a complete rebuild and look if the rebuilding means that i'm out of europe for the next three years that's cool I, that, that that's fine if it means Ooh, i would not be cool with the board though bruv, <laughs> let me tell you three something years? i'm no I'm, next oh, year yes not three three would not work with the board if, if, let's be serious measure progress you can't just be out of here for three years no <laughs> nobody I mean, okay, okay, fine, okay, fine. Okay, yes. maybe one, yes. maybe one year, and then yes. the next, the next season we play and win Europa League, and then we go into the Champions League. Right. I'm, yes, I'm that's that. progress. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but I'm tired. I'm tired of. I'm tired of. You know, the Hollywood signings. I'm tired of it, and that's what I do not want to see at this football club. Steven has some comments. I can see he's, he's jumping at the bit. Eamon <laughs> Ray has comments. No, Steven has. Some, uh, he's like said. But let me take comments. No. No, uh, I'm just I'm just listening. Okay, Steve says needs to be earning one million heart to solve United's problems. I swear, I know. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Earning one million heart. I right, cool. I try to think Paul should have been would have been more PR than ETH. Yeah, if ETH is not giving Steven Paul influence, forget it. That's the kick off. Then I think the fans will need to be opportunity. My opinion, there wouldn't have been a wrong choice between both. Yeah. yeah. I agree with the second sentence. I don't know about the fans part. I, I don't think that. I agree with the second sentence. I think Paul just gets too much flack for people who don't pay attention to the work he does. Uh, LVG, I think, was done by Demaria. Okay, LVG signed it. Yep, let me just rush through. I think it is going to be in for a shock as to how bad that. When mm -hmm. we fancy it week in, week out, outside looking, you won't really understand. Let me, I, I agree. I agree. We have to realize that United are a big club and they will still have commercial obligations as much as I was going to say that too. That's why we can't be out for three years. That's impossible. He'll get fired. No, he'll get fired. That's what happened. We have to face the reality in front of us. I fear we'll still be making the right signings here and there. Oh, Lord. I hope that happens. No, okay. no, no. Ray, I think since um, Steve said have come, Ray, what are your thoughts about that? Um, okay, yeah. I'll, I agree with a couple of things you both said. The one thing I... I, I didn't think we touched on I think Kwame touched on it a little bit. It was, you know, we understand the United board, but then our United fans, because, you know, you mentioned you want uh, a rebuild, but then you also mentioned, oh, by next year, that we need to back in the Champions League. To me, those timelines, logically speaking, 
if you really want to rebuild with the United squad as it is, it's going to take at least two years, probably in the Europa Conference League sort of level, whatever that means. If you really want to rebuild to sort of like fix a lot of the issues that United has. And the reason I say that is, but that's what the question I have is, do United fans have, like maybe you get, you both do, but do most United fans have that patience? I think that's, I always find that's the dilemma that United board, and I'm not justifying their, their behaviors. They always have that dilemma where it's like they want to quickly appease the fans. But honestly, you need to make that tough call and completely, if, if you want someone like Ten Hag to succeed, the way I see him is kind of like a, Obviously, he's is more uh, more experienced or more has more um, sort of uh, accolades than Ateta when we signed him. Obviously, but I see the similarity in the sense of a young progressive coach. And if you want to fix, because United's issues are usually the fact that you just buy players, throw them in there, try to see if it works, just to to recreate that feeling for the fans. And that's not gone you anywhere, right? So what I'm thinking is, if you give this guy one year and like, oh, we're not where we want to be you're almost going to start repeating the same problems. So, I mean, for United, I, I say, you know, you do have, I think, four or five players out of contract this summer. So, I mean, that takes care of that itself. But you still have a lot of players that you need time to get off the wage bill, bring new players in, let them assimilate to the league. You can't just buy five players and think they're all going to just work mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? So, so, so I'm, I'm seeing a timeline of at least two years of like not being in Europe or whatever, maybe Conference League, whatever level is, to really allow to to see if Ten Hag is going to be successful or not. There's no guarantee he's going to be successful after that either, but that's the risk you have to take, right? But if if you're like, oh, we need to be back in Europe after a year and a half, to me, you're just going to end up doing the same thing. That's my opinion. Because then you'd be like, oh, because you always have pots in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I guess we'll we'll bring pots if we need to. So that's one thing I... I think you need to be cautious about pot. And then I'll touch on pots a little bit. It's interesting because for the longest time, I was always under the opinion that United should have brought Poch a while ago, like earlier, like last summer, or replacing Ali. Because, you know, kind of what he started with Tottenham. And then United, if they kind of handed him, he was he was already used to the league. But something, I don't know what, I think Poch is sort of his kind of, his values dropped a little bit, whether it's, whether it's all his fault. And I think by going to PSG, PSG is always going to be a hard job. But I think for some reason, his values kind of dropped a bit. And I feel if he, if United brings him in, the expectation would be he needs to be almost as successful immediately compared to like two years ago. If he had got past two years ago, then yeah, I think that would have been like a good marriage. Um, but now it's kind of like, and I, again, I'm just kind of making some assumptions here. But I think, or maybe even for himself as well, he might want to prove himself quickly because you know, he's, he, he's won the league at PSG, cool. But that job is always a tough job anyways, right? So uh, that's what I would say. I would, I would warn United against, you know, like if you want to re- – if you're going to Tenha, give, let him have a rebuild. And that involves a whole lot of the board. I mean, you saw – I mean, Arsenal, we're still doing our thing. But you've seen all the, you know, from the people on the board, then it changed people on the board two, three times while still keeping the manager. I think United is going to have to have a little bit of that while also there's that pressure of the commercial side of things. So – if you, if the patients have a bit of more, sorry, if the fans have a bit more patience than one year, then he has an opportunity to be successful. But if it's like you know, you see, especially if you see, and I get it, you see Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then United sort of trying to get the identity with the new players, and if fans might get restless, and I think that's something that fans need to be. If you really want to rebuild, you need to have the patience. Yeah, especially in that there's just too much resources now, right? Steve, do you have thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, but I think the biggest issue with Ten Hag coming in now is the fact that I still don't see the plan. So and when I'm, by that, I mean, you bring in a manager that is a young manager that's basically got a reputation that's really good in the game, right? But who's he working with? Like, you're saying power and control. He's never been in control of signings at a club. Like, and you're now going to ask him to do that at Manchester United? Like, that's the Arteta situation all over again. The difference was, it was that, right, Arsenal went the complete opposite, where it was a rookie manager, rookie director of football, rookie chief exec. It was all the way through, right? So they're all learning on the job, which is why they're kind of developing together. But United have hired a director of football and then hired the manager, and you don't know if, who's making the decisions for Right, and then you still got Ranyak hanging around in the background as well. So I just, I just think it's, um, 
I think Ten Hag's a great manager. I think he's got the potential to be a great manager, but I just think the circus around United is going to be too much if they don't figure out who's in charge and who's making decisions, whereas all of these other clubs are really clear on who does what. United are still, oh, we're going to give him the power or he's in control or he's in charge. If Arsenal make a bad signing, Edu gets blamed. Simple. <laughs> like, I don't know who that person is at United still, and until that gets fixed, I just don't think a manager is going to help. And you've had four or five of the best managers in the world, regardless of how they did in the job. So that should tell you everything, right? Yeah. Outside of Ole, all of those other guys are top boys in their job, regardless of when they came. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I think the, big, the issue is behind the scenes. It's in terms of the decision-making, and I don't think the appointment makes sense. And then even on the Pochettino thing, you've rushed the decision. You didn't have to make an announcement now. Pochettino has just been fired. So PSG are letting Pochettino go at the end of the Wait, season. So all of this, apparently, they're letting him go at the end of the season. They've made an announcement. That's what the announcement is. Oh, so really? if that's the situation, you could have waited a couple of months and you'd have got him for free. Like, I just, I just think United are just trying to... That whole announcement was to appease the fans, the equipment you made after a terrible result against Liverpool. It's yeah. a rush thing and the plan isn't there. So that's kind of why I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't I agree. I don't care enough about United to, to be upset about it. But I, I, I don't see the plan. I don't see the, the vision around what they're trying to do. Like, same that's here. the bigger issue. Same here. Same here. That's kind of where I am. Same here. Um, let me take comments. I'll come in one second. I can see you. Uh, you wanted to give a comeback. Oh. Uh, like Roy said, it's about timing for me. Poch after Ole Inter would have been a good timing. Most posts are Alex. I've been appointment have been bad timings and not bad managers per Ole. Uh, this is the first time we're getting the timing right. Even if ETH uh, Ten Hag fails, it wouldn't be because it's not a football decision. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Do you do you have something to say? Yeah, I still I still I still think uh, Ten Hag was was the better footballing decision. Again, wh- why and how they uh, announced it. You know the motivations. Are, I mean totally different. They stumbled on the right answer. Um, United, they do it all the time. As, as, as soon as we lose a huge game, especially in an embarrassing fashion, you know, they, 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 they do something to, to make us forget, to, to make us suddenly develop amnesia. Um, <clears throat> so either way, I think, I think, I think uh, if Ten Hag was the right decision, Poch, nah. Nah. Uh, I know you don't like him, but I, we, we it's, don't it's, why. It's, it's not that I it's it's not that I don't like Poch. It's not that I don't like Poch. Uh, I think I, I I think the way he um the way the way he failed at Spurs, of course. I, I again he succeeded at Spurs. I would say overall his time at Spurs was a success. Um the way he failed at Spurs is not is not reason, right, for us to say, oh well, that is, you know, he failed for different reasons. Those reasons are not going to exist at Manchester United. They will. They will exist at Manchester United. And going to PSG, I Poch's PSG journey, for me, honestly, doesn't... I'm not counting that in, in part, of, part of why he should or should not come to Manchester United. Because for me, I don't... First of all, a farmer can go to coach at PSG and they'll win the uh, and they'll win league, league at, right? Um, and his Champions League failures at PSG... I don't really put much stock into that again because PSG are just a French United. They, they, those players are pampered as heck. Like I hear he's having to deal with oh, arranging accommodation for somebody's uncle, Neymar's uncle, or Di, uh, Di Maria's uncle coming into town. Th- that's 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 just crazy. So I think for, for me, Pochettino's career did not has, has not gone up or gone down since he left since he left Tottenham, and I just don't think. I, I I just need something I just need something fresher than him. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Let's go to predictions quickly. predictions. Uh, so just quickly, just predictions. We don't need to go into detail of the match. Uh, let me see what I'll start with. Let me start with Ray. Man City, Real Madrid. Who do you predict? Um, um, I think I mean Madrid has that experience, but I think I think Man City would would edge them. Just I'm trying to keep it as brief as possible. Um, yeah, because obviously, you know, watching the Madrid-Chelsea game, 
Chelsea had a bad first game and Madrid took advantage of it and Chelsea, it was just, it was too deep, deep of a hole for Chelsea to get past. So I think Man City will be able to edge Madrid. It will be closer than you think though. And I think for Villarreal, am I talking both? For Villarreal, Liverpool, I think Unai Emery's, um, I think it's going to end with Liverpool. It's okay. not going to be, uh, I mean, it's not going to, Liverpool's probably not going to blow them out. But I think Liverpool has just enough firepower to sort of like squeeze through, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I, they just have too much firepower. I mean, they played Atletico, so, you know, I think Liverpool <laughs> will be able to squeeze through. Um, so, yeah, it will be Liverpool, Man City again, final. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the only team stopping Manchester City and Liverpool and Manchester City and Liverpool. That's it. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, I got a comment. Yeah, I think um, my heart wants Real Madrid to beat Manchester City, but I just I don't just see how it happens. And that's because despite the brilliance of Luka Modric and Benzema and all those things, the way Real Madrid played that second leg against Chelsea, you cannot be that volatile against Manchester City and expect to go through. It's not going to happen. Even Manchester City, they had a volatile moment where they collapsed against Liverpool in the, um, was it the FA Cup they just played? Yeah. And they didn't come back from it. They almost did, but they didn't. So if Real Madrid has shown me that as brilliant as they can be, they can also collapse. And if you collapse like that or, or look like you can collapse against Manchester, City, against Manchester City, they will eat you alive. Um, yeah. Liverpool. Um, let's just move on to the next topic. Yeah. Best eleven. It's best eleven against best eleven. Like Pep tried to be clever in the FA Cup, and that cost him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I give both of you. I, I think that you remember when the brackets came out. I've been saying it. You know that about Overcome. I've been saying it like yeah. Liverpool are going to the final. It's going to be like multiple finals or like clashes. Yeah. That's that. They, 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 they win the quadruple, bro. We we have to move to a remote country. <laughs> Let's not think about that. Yeah. Let's not, all, 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 all of us have to if that happens. If that happens, yeah. all of us have to. Not just you. <laughs> Let's you gotta bring the Super it. League if that happens. Exactly. I know. <laughs> we'll start protests for Super League. Yeah, I'm thinking about my wonderful trips in the summer. Let's not think about Liverpool winning quadruple. Let's go quickly and smoothly to kudos and donkey of the week. Uh who wants to start? I'll, come in. I'll let you start. I feel like you have Um, Honestly, kudos of the week. I'll give it to the whole Arsenal team as much as it pains me to. Wow. Beating Chelsea and Manchester United in, in, in a matter of days. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. I'll give it to them. Um, donkey of the week. Bruh, it has to be Bruno Fernandes. Has to be Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes by himself lost that Arsenal game. Um and as as much as it was a as much as it was a you know terrible team performance, Bruno Fernandez managed to stand out and eclipse the terrible nature of Manchester United in that game. He was worse than Maguire and Maguire did not even play. Okay. Okay. Ray kudos at Donkey. Um oh Donkey Donkey, I would agree. I would probably say uh, Bruno Fernandes as well. Uh, no, nothing else to say there. Um, yeah, he's Donkey of the Week. Um, the kudos of the week. I will. You know what? It's I'm torn between Arteta and El Nani, and they're both for the same reason. So with Arteta, is he saw we needed something different in the midfield because he tried Lukonga earlier, so he brought in El Nani just to shore it up at the back. And so that is a, a, that was a huge catalyst in terms of how we were able to win against Chelsea and, and um, United. And then El Nani as well for his performance. So I would sort of cheat there and give it to both Teta and El Nani for those, for those reasons. Okay. They'll share it for me. Yeah, That's good. Uh, before, <coughs> before Steve goes, somebody says, kudos oh, to Kevin. Yeah. Awful, awful week for him and his family. That's true. Great strength to come back and continue. That's true. And he played very well against Arsenal. Steven. Who's your kudos and don't care? No, kudos of the week will be Arsenal, just in terms of the recovery, because again, everybody was kind of waiting for their wheels to completely come off this week. Um, so I think kudos goes for that, just kind of recovering after those three defeats um, in those big games. Um, and then in terms of donkey, I'm kind of torn because I'm kind of looking at the bottom of the table, 
Um, and I, I was kind of looking at it's not necessarily for the week, but I think Everton are in a lot of trouble. So Everton lost today. They lost. Yeah, they, they lost today to Liverpool, and uh, the games that they have left. Um, I just don't know. At that appointment of Lampard in the circumstances, I just think it was a bad, bad call. And I, and I think they're in a lot. Of, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Um, so, so I kind of give it. Burnley won today too. Burnley won today yeah, too, right? Exactly. They're 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 in the bottom three right now. They're they're in the bottom three right now, and they have. To, I think they have um, Leicester, um, Tottenham, Chelsea. They got some really hard games as well. I think they're in a lot of trouble. So, sorry, sorry, I call you up. Didn't Everton pay forty one million for Daily Ali in twenty twenty two? No, they, they only million? have to, No, no, no. They pay that if if certain clauses are met, which they have an option. Yeah, it's an option to buy it. Ah, okay. Whew. That would so, have been like so, yeah. donkey of the but, entry. But, but no, 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 no. Everton has a game in yeah. hand. Okay. Yeah, they have a game in hand, but the game's in hand. Like I said, they, I think they Burnley play Aston Villa twice and Watford. Oh. <laughs> like... So when you're thinking that they have, so then you go the other way and you say that like Everton have got to play Leicester, they got to play Chelsea. I think they got to play Newcastle. I think, again, they got to play Arsenal. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're gone. They're gone. They're they're in a lot of trouble. I think, and yeah. and if they go down, again, they're they're one of those teams in financial fair pay trouble. So you're talking derby situation again, right? So go down points deduction. Yeah, like they're in a lot of trouble. That was a dumb appointment by them for sure. That was a dumb appointment. I mean, hey, let's not. Burnley also made a dumb decision, but you know, I guess. But, but I don't think Burnley was a dumb decision. I think Burnley no, don't correct. care. They don't care. That's true. Don't care. That's right. I don't think they care. I think that because guys, remember they got new owners, right? They changed yeah. the owners at that the start true. of the season. Yeah. So I don't think they care. It's uh, a calculated yeah. risk of Burnley, I would say. You said what? I said, said calculated risk of Burnley, and it may or may not work out. Whereas yeah. Everton is just a bunch of bad decisions back to back to back to Everton back to is, back. Uh, yeah, Everton is just they're they're a Manchester United with with less money. Everton <laughs> <laughs> says shout out to Shaka as well for everything he's gone through. Fair, yes. Oh, mine, uh, my kudos, Saka, Bukayo Saka is going to pressure pressure penalties. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the week against yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea was impressive because you know he did some dark outs today, right? He like, did. And by calling Aspie, Aspie. Uh, what, but you called? know, I I like that. I like seeing that. You know, <laughs> yeah. he gets that. My donkey is the ref against Arsenal. <laughs> I don't really care. I've checked out a long time ago. But the ref is a donkey too, though, because we know, we know, we know Arsenal fans that have been talking about crying on our timeline. It's just good way to go there. We know this. Oh, oh we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that you lot sound like us from two years ago, though. No, no, I love the fact you're, you're crying, you're talking about rebuilds, no, no. you're talking about trust in the process. We sound, about we sound like three guys from every season, though. Oh, every season. Yeah. The long air overrated is okay, but the person I have, I'm focusing on is I know you used to be a boy. I was telling you how trash he was. I gotta tell us, it's trashy trash. Tell us the trash fullback. He's terrible. From El Salvador, terrible. And then I said, "Tell it, it's terrible." That's, I think that I think that I think the fact that you skipped Varane, right, and go to how trash Tellers was, that is just so unfair. What? Yeah. How do you skip? Do you do you see how bad Varane was? Yeah. Your that's entire defense is bad. That's just, just one game. That's it was somehow game. worse without oh, Harry okay. Maguire. Somehow, yeah, yeah was, I just, was bad yesterday. I'm not going to take really, really no. You know what a better question would be? Like, if you one question for you guys though, like you got so many things to fix. Yeah, who stays? Oh, let me tell you, who's, it's easier to say who stays than who goes. Okay. Exactly, who stays? The hair. Stays. And if you start, and if you, you see, and I was waiting for you to say that. Hold on, hold he's on, a hold problem on. as well. I'm starting from. I'm, I'm sorry from that. The hair stays. Nobody in the defense stays. Maybe Lindelof stays as a backup defender to somebody better. Nobody in the midfield stays. And only Sancho stays up front. Elanga, dead. He's just joking. Like 28 players. So, we just, so four play. So everybody else can be gone. I, I'd rather play. Uh, I'd rather play with four players. Yeah, I don't want to extend the podcast too long, but yeah, I think a lot of people leave and leave new fullbacks for sure. Tell us, go back to El Salvador. That's that's how we end the podcast. I'm not. I'm not. And they can take Varane with him. Yeah. Nah. And Wamisada. 
Van has been, has been way good. No, I don't do a van there. Tell us, trash. One Bissaka, trash. Sliding tackles, I don't care about those sliding tackles. Dalot, trash. We have only one decent fullback. Sure, sure. The rest, trash. Let's just end this podcast. Let's, let's, let's good, good idea. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steven, thanks for coming. Good to have you. Great. Right. Thanks for taking time out. I know you have to. Yo, thank you. Time. Appreciate you, thank man. You. And everyone for coming. Thanks. Like, share, subscribe, and we're out. All right. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Right. Take care. Yeah. See you.